We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Good Men and Hummel podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel. And... Uh, we got plenty to talk about today. We got a great guest, first of all, and it is the head coach of the number one Gonzaga Bulldogs, and it is Mark Few. So we will get to him in a little bit, Rob. But first, before we get to him, we got to talk about the big game uh, that was Sunday, and it was Michigan at Ohio State. And I know you are a Big Ten guy. Um, this was a statement. This was a statement for, I think, a Michigan team that, you know, frankly, I felt really good about. And you could see their talent. You could see they could score it. You could see they can defend. But I wanted to see it against a really good team, especially on the road. And they did that against Ohio State. They made plays. Every guy on their team made plays. That was the thing that impressed me, Rob, is it wasn't one guy. It was everybody. No, I'm with you. I thought it was a statement, honestly, for both teams. I thought even though Ohio State loses and even though they ended the game, kind of, I mean, the behind-the-back pass, like there were some miscues for sure. But, sure. man, they, they gave Michigan all they wanted. And they, they hung right there with them. And uh, I just thought it was such a high-level game on both ends. Michigan is is so, so talented. And, and I, I, I got hammered because I picked them. I said they could finish at the start of the year anywhere from like 6th to, to 12th. But I said that, and I'll defend myself because Mike Smith, total no idea, no idea how he's going to fit in, no idea how he's going to. Nobody. You know, he can't. He 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 shot so much at Columbia because he had to. Now he's taking open shots. He's making plays for the people. He's he's guarding. Like I mean, he's good. Sean D. Brown today, high level, high level role player. Make shots, junkyard dog defensively. I. I just look at those two guys, Hunter Dickinson. You didn't, I mean, highly ranked kid, knew he was talented, didn't think he'd be this. You know, I was really surprised that Michigan played him on EJ Liddell because I I really thought you would see Livers guard him because I thought it would just, you know, it's a better matchup. But Dickinson, for the most part, did a a pretty good job. He lost him a couple of times, and Michigan played a good amount of 2-3 zone too. But, man, like, you're right. Every position made plays, made shots, and, and Michigan was on fire in the first half. They made 10 threes, and they cooled off in the second. But, I mean, I, I love Isaiah Livers. I, I love Franz Wagner. I think Hunter Dickinson is a great player. I love Michigan's length. Yeah, I just think when you look at the way they can guard you, and they, they can win in, in, a, in a track meet, they can win 
with their defense. They can win a lot of different ways. So I, I just I was really impressed with Michigan, obviously. But Ohio State, man, they they're right there. They, they've other than playing Purdue, you know, like they've had they've they've really had the answer for almost everybody in the Big Ten, not named Michigan. So I Dwayne Washington was phenomenal, and I thought it was really funny. We were texting about what Holman said about the I love yous before the game, and then tough conversations. Probably not too many tough conversations today. He was he was rolling. But yeah, he, both, he both teams are really good. He was fearless. He made big shots. Liddell was good. I, I just think honestly, Michigan's a more talented team. Yeah, they are. Like they don't have to play their A game to beat Ohio State. I, I feel like. Michigan clearly established itself as the third best team in the country today. But my big question is how do they match up against both Baylor and Gonzaga? Not that bad. Like, like no. you said, Hunter Dickinson defensively, you worry about a little bit, like closing out on EJ Liddell. That that's tough for him. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's seven feet and, and that's not his game. But what Michigan did was early in the second half, they said, you know what? We're going to take advantage of on the other end. You yeah, can try to you can try to get him on the defensive end, but we're going to keep going to him. And, and they did. And I was just really impressed with again, like not only does he seal, and he gets angles. It, it's it's to me the guys that are throwing the low post entry passes are throwing them pert like Mike Smith, whoever it is. It was different guys, and they're getting him the ball exactly where he needs it, keeping it up high, no wasted motion, and it's easy for him. I noticed that, too, about Dickinson today, of keeping the ball high so those guards can't come get it. It was the play where he missed, like, a layup and then missed a putback, and, like, the ball didn't come below his, like, heart. Like, right. He kept – it was at his neck or higher the whole time. Third, third putback. Most bigs are like bringing that thing down and some little five ten guards coming in there and taking it from you and embarrassing you. And he he just – you're right. The way they feed the post, there's not many teams in college basketball that are proficient at all four positions to throw it into their big. Right. You know, it's a, it's a rare skill in today's yeah. game. And they – man, they got on the ball on time, on target, right where he wants it. And, you know, he's, he's really talented. He, he's a really talented can player. He, all right, so can he um, – I, I think I know the answer to this from your perspective, but when you look at him compared to – guarding Drew Timmy because that's what you're you're thinking right now is can Michigan beat they may not get to him right Gonzaga or Baylor but I think they put themselves in in a pretty good spot now unless they have a complete meltdown they're probably going to get one of the number one overall seeds so they can avoid those guys until hopefully the the final four if they get that far how does Hunter Dickinson because everybody else matches up pretty well I mean livers on Corey Kispert Listen, I'll, no, I think I'll, that, yeah, I think Jawan Howard would feel good about that. And that's no disrespect to Corey Kispert. I just think he thinks that highly of Isaiah Livers as a defender. Yeah, Timmy probably scares you because he can drive you and, and he's he's nimble and quick. You know, I, I think I'll start with Baylor. And I, I, you didn't ask about Baylor, but I think that those are the two best teams. Baylor, the matchup, I think is, is again, pretty good for Hunter Dickinson. He's going to see Flo Thamba. He's going to see Jonathan Chamachachua. The, the concern there is, is Baylor's big guards and their physical guards. Yeah, it might that would be the concern. Definitely. Jared Butler, that, that's yes. you're worried about that. And then with the Gonzaga, you're worried about about Timmy in the front court. Um, but I don't think I would look at it where it's like you know if if EJ Liddell's not going to absolutely expose him. And, and Drew Timmy's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Well, he can't shoot it like that. He can't shoot the ball like EJ Liddell can to spread him. So. 
I think you worry about him driving it, but you also have to understand there's a seven footer coming after you from behind to contest that too. Like it's not, you know, he's got good size and length and yep. I, I really think that, that Michigan firmly belongs in the conversation with, with Baylor and Gonzaga. Yeah. I listen, I think they've proven that now. Again, I think I was very hesitant early as were you because they hadn't beaten a lot of really good teams. It's really impressed me coming off the pause and they were smart. They didn't rush back from the pause. They took their time and said, we're going to play one kind of we're ready. We're going to take a couple extra days to make sure that we're going to protect our investment, what we've already built up, our equity. And that has certainly worked out. So I, listen, I'm with you. I think Michigan's clearly the number three team and, you know, we'll see what happens now with Baylor coming back off their pause. They could absolutely um, slip up here down the stretch and maybe Michigan, if they run the table, and win the Big Ten tournament, which is a lot to ask. Let's face it. That is a lot to ask out of out of Michigan. They got Michigan State twice. Um, not that Michigan State's great, but they're playing better. Uh, so, listen, that was probably the best game of the season, Rob. Totally. So well played. Shot making, right. effort, great coaches, rivalry, coaching, yeah. everything combined by far. There, there has not been a, a better game played than, than what we saw. Really, really good game. Uh, so, we'll uh, – let, let, let's get to our, our guest here soon. And uh, Gonzaga coach Mark Few, I, I know you got some things that you want to you want to hit him on about, uh, and I'm sure he's got some things that he wants to uh, to probably come at me for. So uh, we'll get to Mark Few here. Quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by Bracket Fanatics. What is Bracket Fanatics? Your one stop site for college basketball's greatest spectacle in 2021. Bracket Fanatics is the only social betting app that can manage your bracket and bracket pool while also letting you send and accept bets each round of the tournament with every player in your bracket group. Basically, it's fantasy match March Madness. Get a group of your friends together, set up a commissioner, and fill out your bracket. Keep track of how many wins your bracket has and how many points you rack up. But one fun wrinkle to Bracket Fanatics, it's the only app that allows you to bet on every single game of the tournament. Let the app take control of all the payouts to eliminate the hassle. It's free to use, and you can sign up any time, even after the tournament has started. Assemble your crew and sign up now at BracketFanatics.com. And don't forget to use the code MADNESS to be entered into their $1,000 giveaway award at the end of the tournament to the player in bracket with the most wins throughout the dance. Only those using the code will be entered. Once again, Pull up your favorite browser and visit BracketFanatics.com and use that code MADNESS. Let me tell you guys a little bit of our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart? They require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster. With rush pay, instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to betrivers.com today or download the app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. All right, listen now, please to uh, welcome you to the latest edition, the latest episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. And uh, we have our first head coach who's actually requested. To be on the podcast, I, I think to um, really, uh, you know, be able to talk about some of the allegations 
that were brought against him. And uh, Gonzaga head coach Mark View of the number one Gonzaga Bulldogs has come on to refute some of my allegations. So, uh, you know, I, I know I threw some stuff out there. I knew I know it was hurtful, uh, but I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah, I wouldn't to- go that. I wouldn't go that far. Let's not take it. Let's not take it to. Uh, <laughs> I was very. Uh, <laughs> As much as a swatting a fly on an arm is hurtful, maybe I don't know along those lines. <laughs> yeah, Coach, no, I feel I, hey, to be honest, but okay, um, it was the first podcast I ever listened to. I'm not a big podcast guy, uh, and my a friend of my one of my sons or SID or somebody was telling me about it that they you guys were talking zag. So I they actually put it on my phone. I listened to it when I was driving out to the lake one day. So, and I heard Mr. Hummel here and I was like, no offense, Robbie, but I'm like, that guy sounds like a zag, man. He just sounds like he gets it. It's an honor. He gets it. No offense. He what do you mean? It. I'm honored. <laughs> I, I was, I was very, very impressed with your take on, you guys were talking on a variety of subjects, but then Goodman just started kind of going off channel on some, you know, on some other things. And so I'm like, he, he well, usually ruins the good things here. So and I'm, I'm I was fine with him doing that. But I was like, I gotta straighten out this guy that that sounds pretty cool and sounds like he's pretty squared away. So, so my, my take on that was here's what I was telling Rob. Honestly, what I was telling Rob was, and you've been fighting with me on this for ten years to have better work work family balance. And I, I said I think you have the best work family balance of probably most coaches out there. I don't know if, if everyone, but of most of them, you do a good job of it. But but I had heard a story years ago that uh, you went really hard after Luke Ridnour, really hard yeah. kid from the state. You thought you had him. You invested a, a, a ton of time into him, didn't get him, and it it changed your perspective a little bit. Maybe I didn't say it that way on the podcast, but that it may have changed kind of how you went about recruiting a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, first the first part's very true. Love Luke Rittenauer, still do. Was a great player and an even better uh, person, and ended up being a phenomenal pro in, in my estimation. Uh, and also uh, in that same class was, uh, ironically, a kid from my hometown, which you know uh, is when I grew up was two thousand people. It's now probably three or four thousand people. Uh, just outside of Eugene named Luke Jackson. Sure. sure. And, uh, so all kinds of ties being from a small town there. And, and, uh, uh, they ended up, uh, Oregon did a great job. They, they got those two together. They had a lot in common. They both had strong faiths and they were, you know, small town kids and, and they ended up hitting it off on their, uh, it was the final visit Luke took. He wasn't even going to take Luke Ridner wasn't even going to take the visit and he decided to take it. And then his luck would have it. But, uh, uh, I mean, I no, I don't remember it going down like that. I just remember, uh, you know, as you get farther along in this recruiting and you get more comfortable, I think, uh, with who you are and what your program's about, uh, I, I, I just found the silliness and trivialness and piece of time of going to watch a kid 10 times. And, uh, I mean, I just – and literally – and I, that's why I kind of wanted to ask Robbie about it. Like those kind of guys don't come to Gonzaga. They just don't. They the ones that require that kind of attention. And it's not wrong. It's just I'm just saying it's not what we really do here. And and, uh, and it uh, it's we just 
tell them straight up. We offer them and, and we tell them we want them and where they fit. And, and then we ask them, okay, I mean, how many, if you need a hundred texts a day or a hundred calls in the week, this probably isn't the spot for you. Uh, <laughs> you need me to be at every one of your games. This probably isn't the spot for you, but you know, we, we can, you know, we're going to coach you hard and develop you. And, and we're also going to be, you're going to have a blast playing here and in this program and you're going to have a chance to compete for a national championship and go on and play in the NBA. So the guys that end up appreciating that approach usually end up coming here and the other guys we usually don't really waste a whole lot of time with. Coach, I'm, I'm glad you're here to dispel this because Jeff's been making it sound like you sit on your couch and like five-star players just roll through and you guys yes. get it. So I'm glad I you're know. here to, uh, to set the record straight with, with Goodman. Well, and now, and then I got to be, I, I was honestly thinking like, well, I don't think Hummel strikes me as a guy that wants a 50 year old coach to text him, you know, 15 <laughs> times a day. No, I, I was on the Kelvin Sampson, the uh, I was on the Kelvin Sampson phone call deal. So, and it, yeah, I didn't go to Indiana. <laughs> so apparently not. Apparently yeah. not. Yeah. No, I, hey, man, listen, that stuff works. I guess, I guess you, you kind of just, stumble into to what works for you and, and what works for your program. And this, uh, you know, this place and our approach isn't about massive amounts of attention. And, and, we, you know, we end up saying a lot of times we kind of under-promise and over-deliver, you know, once you get your experience. So, uh, but, you know, it, some in some places that really, really works. And, and I think uh, – When did uh, that flip, Mark? When did that change? Because as a young head coach, were you like that right away or did – did it take a little while? Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, we all jumped in. You know, when I was an assistant, you know, and we, you would, and you have to admit, I think you grew up with a kind of a young batch of assistants out there on the Northeast. It was just a hundred percent about like, hey, you know, I'm at the office at six and I leave at eleven, you know, and, and and you know, you get a badge of courage for time served, and I'm just like. I'm, I'm more about just being efficient. Like, I mean, if you have to watch 10 films on them, like, I mean, that's probably an issue with you. I can watch two and, and pretty much understand what's going on. So, um, and the same with recruiting, you know, and, and I know you are, you're always about not going to peach jam, but I mean, most of our players at that time were coming from the, uh, North Northwest and, and even internationally. And so, uh, you know, there just wasn't a lot of, uh, oops, we still there. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, not, there was no reason for us to go watch, you know, the raging Cajuns from Southeast Louisiana, EYBL team or something like that, or the Florida Panthers or any of these teams. It just wasn't. So, uh, you know, you just didn't want to leave the lake. Just say it. You didn't want to leave the lake. And, and hey, listen, guys, listen. I, I had at the time had a very young family and still have a family, and and uh, they're my number one priority. Being a great dad to them has has always been my number one priority. The guys in our, I mean, we I've always scheduled practices around the assistants' kids' games and things like that if we can. Any way to help with that? I think uh, you know, I think our profession is rife uh, with you know, uh, probably marriages that, that, that could have lasted and stayed together if guys weren't on the road 180 days a year and, and, and doing the things we're talking about doing, quite frankly, going to watch a kid 15 times. Um, yeah. And so I've always been kind of 
cognizant of that. Coach, you, you coached Adam Morrison and certainly one of the elite players of, of college basketball, but also one of the, I guess, more eclectic personalities. Is there, is there a story that you have or is, does anything stand out when you think about your time with Adam? I, uh, hey, Robbie, there's a hundred of them. I mean, and, and if you know Adam, we all have stories, uh, uh, on Adam. The, I've got out with Adam. I've got out with Adam a few times over the last few years. And yes, <laughs> they, they can, they can range anywhere from, uh, G rated family time, you know, right. Sunday at 7 PM to cable TV at, <laughs> at midnight. So, uh, I, I just say this, I, um, I, I think, I don't think his whole story's totally been depicted, uh, pro, uh, you know, honestly. Uh, in that, uh, I, I want to say he, you know, was, maybe was second team all rookie his first, uh, year and averaged double figures. And then for the first time in his career, uh, I believe in the exhibition season, he, I mean, it's the first serious injury he's ever had. He never had a sprained ankle with us, broken bone, anything, never missed practice. Uh, he ended up blowing his ACL out. And then as luck would have it, they went from Bernie Bickerstaff. Uh, who, you know, I think really understood Adam's gifts and what he could bring to uh, Larry Brown, who wasn't really that interested in letting, letting Adam show his offensive skills. And, and, you know, Adam wasn't the world's greatest defender that ever walked the earth. And so, I mean, that, that started uh, kind of the demise a little bit, but then, then he got traded to the Lakers and, you know, there was a pretty good player in front of him at the Lakers that liked to play a lot named Kobe Bryant. And, uh, um, so as luck would have it, he just kind of, and, and Robbie, you can tell you have more experience than any of us with that. Just that's a tough league to make, man. If you're not, not getting those minutes and able to show yourself. So, uh, I think situation matters so much too, like you said. Like, like you can yeah. get drafted and you can be better than somebody else, but if you don't have an opportunity to play, you know, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And that's people don't understand that because everybody's so good in the NBA. Like everybody oh. is good there. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Just uh, how, how well they all shoot it. You know, and how they can all make the right read on the ball screens. They can all, you know, guard their yard. Or most of them can and. uh uh, yeah, but I mean, at his heyday, guys. Now, when he when he was here, when him and JJ were going back and forth, oh, I mean, it was awesome. It was something. I mean, we it was packed houses everywhere we went. Uh, checking in with aliases in the hotels, yeah. uh, um, just to kind of, I mean, it was a circus at the hotels and around our bus and stuff like that. And he would deliver. I mean, he he had. I want to say multiple 30 point halves that year, uh, for us. And I, I, I'll tell you one great story. Uh, and it involves a, a good friend of mine and I, and, uh, an acquaintance of Jeff's, uh, coach Calipari. When he was at a, <laughs> a good word for it. <laughs> uh, a good, uh, it was a really huge game. Gonzaga coming to Memphis and big articles, big to do leading up to it. Uh, uh, and the forum was, uh, sold out, uh, obviously, and just crazy atmosphere there. Uh, uh, and Adam was just kind of started the game going through, you know, the motions. There wasn't much going on. And then, uh, 
there was a jump ball and a scrum on the floor. Everybody was kind of rolling around, and all of a sudden, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember that. It was six eight kind of forward, played the NBA a little bit. It uh, uh, got up and gotten uh, uh, Adams' uh, face after the little. Carney? Was it Rodney Carney or something? No, bigger bigger than that. Uh, oh, man. Williams or something, maybe? Was John, it Williams. Williams? John Williams. I, I, again, I don't want to. Uh, I think it was Sean Williams. Williams. It might have been. Okay. And uh, Calipari, bang. Or John immediately hits a, hits a timeout and comes over and just lights the dude up. Is in his face the entire timeout. And. Uh, uh, Go back into play, and I think Adam scored on the next 10 or 12 possessions, 10 straight times he scored. <laughs> and that was Adam Morrison. And afterwards, talking to Calipari, I was like, what was that all about? He's like, I told, you know, I told our guys, do not do anything to get this guy going. Sometimes if you don't do anything, you'll just kind of just let the sleeping dog lie. But if you yeah. do – and so from that point on, I had a, a great assistant coach named Leon Rice, who's now the head to Boise State. And he would just literally make up stuff before games, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> found the other team's scouting report. This is what they said about you, Adam. You know, I was listening to the coach's radio show. This is what they said about you. Um, so, and I mean, he, he was, it was just a much watch or must watch deep. I mean, every time he played, every time him and J.J. played that year, it was unbelievable. J.J. would play two hours before us and hit 40, and then Adam would get 41, you know, two hours later, or vice versa. It's funny you say that about making stuff up, because when Kevin Garnett got traded back to us on the Timberwolves my second year, he did that stuff too. Like, he'd make up gambling debts about players, where there'd be guys at the free throw line, and he's screaming at guys about money they owe him. And these guys would be – everybody was afraid of KG – They'd be looking at him terrified, and he's yelling like, well, "Pay me my money!" You know, like all sorts of other words intertwined. Yes. In and these yes. guys are like, "Man, I've never even met you." And they'd run back on, on the other end of the floor, and he's like, "That dude's not even thinking about blocking out. He's not thinking about. He's thinking about me." I was like, "That is." So I'm I'm glad to hear that you guys were doing the same thing to Adam Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it and it worked. I mean, he had a he had a year for the ages of that year. He ended the whole nation in scoring and and uh, uh, amazing amazing run. And and now you know what he's settled in. He's doing radio for us. He's really grown up. He's got two daughters. He's coaching them in AAU. It's kind of been fun to see that transformation. I, I love Adam. I absolutely love him. One of my favorite people. Um, I think he's great interview. <laughs> What's that? A great interview. Yes. He, well, because there's no BS with him. Zero. Nope. Zero. Nope. He will say exactly what is on his mind with no filter and and no nope. ego. No ego about nope. it. Like, that's the nope. – you would never know he had that type of, of career in college. He, he he just walks into a bar, and he's just like any other regular dude. Was uh, he a could be talking – or go ahead, Robert. Was he a highly recruited guy? Or, like, how heavily – he was one of our first, you know, we've had, we've only had a couple of players from Spokane good enough to play here. We have one right now, Anton Watson. Um, but no, he, uh, he was in, he was a ball boy of ours way back when he was a kid. And, uh, another, I don't want to bore you with all these stories, but, uh, uh, my, that same assistant, Leon was like, Hey, you need to go watch this kid from Mead, man. Mead high school's here in Spokane. And I'm like, all right. And they were playing at the arena. So I went down. 
And he's like, no, no, he's, it's, he's different. He's got a different kind of looking body and a different. And uh, uh, so I go down to watch him and literally, I mean, he's just run around just jacking shots and, and he's kind of, you know, he runs like this and, and no D whatsoever. Uh, kind of <laughs> shoulders uh, slouched over and, and uh, so I, I, Leon, you know, calls me at halftime or whatever. I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, oh man, I said, I don't know, Leon, this guy, he was, he was probably a sophomore going into his, maybe he was a junior. I can't remember. Like, I don't know. He doesn't, doesn't move great. He's got kind of a funky shot. He just, that plays no D. Uh, and Leon's like, well, how, how many points does he have? You know, I'm like, I mean, he made some shots. And then there was a stat sheet laying there and I picked up the stat sheet and uh, he had 30. <laughs> at half. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, you know what, Leon, I think I'm going to stay for the second half. <laughs> and, and I can't, I can't tell you guys how many times he would do that at the end of the game. He'd go like, ah, you know, Adam played all right. And then, I mean, he'd have 38, you know, and you'd like, right. really? He had 38. And you know, who's like that for us right now is Timmy. Timmy's yeah. like that. Yeah. He'll go Every like, night. oh, you know, I'll be all pissed off because he missed the bunnies and some shots or, didn't you know rotate on a defensive assignment then we'll get in at a half and he's you know eight for 11 or eight for 10 and has six you know 19 points at half <laughs> so some guys have that support for today's episode of Goodman and Hummel is brought to you by Manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tool for your grooming experience. With more than 2 million users worldwide, Manscaped has partnered with me to provide an exclusive offer to you. 20% off and free shipping with the code HUMMEL at manscaped.com. Before we get back to the show, let me tell you a little bit about their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, their third-generation trimmer that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology you don't want to worry about nicking the goods while you're trying to clean up down there so feel confident shaving your balls with the lawnmower 3.0 in addition the new blade the lawnmower 3.0 comes with an led light for a more precise trim and it's waterproof so you can take the grooming to the shower truth to be told you don't want to be using the same trim on your balls as on your face the perfect package 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, and the crop preserver, which keeps the goods from sticking to your leg. Plus, Manscaped threw in a couple free gifts, a pair of boxer briefs and a travel bag, so you can trim on the go. So get 20% off and free shipping right now with that code HUMMEL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HUMMEL, H-U-M-M-E-L. Your balls, they're going to thank you. So I was telling Rob before uh, a couple of our, our, our Vegas stories, and I, I have tons. I've, I mean, every every time I go, I feel like, and I'm sure you do too, when you go to Vegas, everybody's got Vegas stories. Two of my favorite are actually with you. And and one of them, I don't know if you remember it. Do you remember the Mel Gibson story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I remember the, something was going on over there, and it was it was our guy. It started, it was you, it was, I think, 
Dan Munson, maybe Billy Greer, and Billy Walker. Bill Walker. I think yeah. there might have been one more in there. Vegas. Probably Ray Giacoletti. It probably was Ray. So Billy Walker is getting his ass kicked at Blackjack, getting his ass kicked. And I'm standing behind just watching, waiting for somebody to get up. And Billy Walker gets up. I don't know how much he lost, but it was, it was probably more than he could afford to lose at yeah, that point. for sure. Yeah. And, and I sit down. And, and, and he's like, our book. He's our book. We go to him because he just – Billy, what's the book say? Yeah. <laughs> the book didn't work for Billy that night. The book did not yeah, no, work. No, the book never works for us. So we just curse him out all the time, you know, but he's our guy that says, no, got to hit it. Split them. You know, got to do it. <laughs> so I sit down and I proceed to win. And this was, I don't know, how many years ago do you think this was? Probably 15 or something, maybe. Yeah, I don't it know. Was it was early. Maybe. Yeah. I was making no money, Robbie. I was making nothing. I I think it probably was like 2007. I just got in. I'm making nothing. And I'm like, all right, I got to put down some real money here. Like they're betting probably $25 minimum table. I'm like, damn, I don't think I have 25 minimum. That was like a ton of money for me then. I ended up winning. We like were at a ten dollar. We were at a ten dollar. <laughs> probably. I've been typing the story up, making making him sound like a high roller in Vegas again. <laughs> I ended up winning like a grand, and poor Billy Walker sitting behind me watching me take what should have been his money. He took all and, the shitty uh, cards, and you got all the good ones. And, and we look <laughs> over. We look over, and uh, and all of a sudden, I think he was at the roulette table. And we see Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. And he's, first of all, the, the thing I remember, Pewie, is he's got like this button shirt. And I'm telling you, he's got it buttoned down. By the way, I got the shirt on for you, by the way. But there you go. He's got it buttoned all the way down, chest hair just hanging out. And I, I swear, he's got like an 18-year-old girl on his arm. And <laughs> We're just, we're just like in uh, possibly, possibly had been overserved earlier the evening too. Yeah, you think? You think? <laughs> I mean, Mel is getting after it, and we can't even focus on, on on the blackjack game. Like, I got no idea. I probably give all my money back, but it was worth it. We're just looking over at Mel Gibson and and, and having fun watching Mel uh, just going off for about a half hour straight. Right. True. Yeah. Yeah. True story. Then, then the other one, the other one came when you got after me. Remember the, the, the young Maryland guy, the video guy? Do you remember standing behind us at the Palms? It was a young video guy named Matthew Lisevsky. And I was, he was defending Gary Williams to me. We were going at it about Gary Williams and you're a big Gary guy. And Gary wasn't winning at that point at a high enough level or something. I'm still a big Gary guy. I I know you are. You were defending (laughs) him too, but you were egging this dude on. You were completely egging him on to go after me. And this guy was so annoying and would go after me. It was like, like he wouldn't stop, Rob. We're like at an hour, two hours. Finally, I turned to this dude and I said, listen, what's your name? Matt. I said, Matt, how much money is it going to take me to buy you off this damn table? Like whatever it is, I don't care. Whatever it's going to take, I will. I will buy you off this table because I can't deal with it. And 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 Mark is just cracking up, egging him on the whole time to to, to go after me. Uh, so two of the more memorable. I think people don't know that about you, Fuey. Like they, I don't think people have a good idea of who you are behind closed doors and the 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 
the personality that you have and the fact that you do like to have fun and, and, and joke around, play blackjack, all that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't remember that, but I could definitely see myself egging somebody on as long as he was torturing <laughs> you. I would, I would Good gain out. much, uh, joy <laughs> from that <laughs> to watch you being, uh, yeah, uncomfortable. I was, uncomfortable. Uh, I, I, was <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. So, so coach, yeah. I, I did some digging. I did Jeff's job. It was easy as hell. Nice. I, yeah. I found that you are the best open ocean wave surfer, which I'm not sure what that means. They said huh. the best lake surfer and the best fly fisherman in the history of college basketball. Do, do you feel like those are accurate descriptions of you? I, I don't know. Those are pretty heady, uh, things. Remember, there's a lot of coaches over the years, or not a lot, but there's some that fly fish. I don't, I don't know as many reps as I do, but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly definitely a passion of mine. Uh, I'm a very, uh, below average, uh, ocean surfer i would say but i love it and i i try hard and and go for for it uh but i I don't know i don't even know any other head coaches that do so uh uh but i am and i got my second son here with me i'm a big wake surfer at the lake that's when you're like getting towed behind the boat with the like they fill the ballast up and it creates yeah but then you you basically throw the rope Right. Oh, have a rope and then you just ski on the wave behind it. It's, it's super fun, super cool. So we've all gotten really good at that. I actually take the team out. We, and the team all tries to do that. And it's amazing how many, uh, uh, um, Jalen Suggs, it's the one thing he's so competitive. He tried and tried and tried, uh, couldn't do it, um, uh, to get up and it's just so close over and over again. And he was just so ticked when he didn't quite, uh, he just needed one more day out there and he would have got it. You know, watching Chili and Tilly figure it out was really cool. Um, some of our big dudes have, have figured it out and, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. The guy, the guy in Boise, the guy in Boise said, you're, you're not very good at pickleball though. Now he knows better than to say that. I was, I thought you guys were <laughs> going to go there. I just got done playing with my family. I had to hustle, cut it shortcut make this big interview. So, uh, yeah, but that, well, we'll let I you think Hummel would be great at that. So my, my dad is a sponsored pickleball player. My dad played tennis mm-hmm. at the university of Illinois and he plays five days a week. He's got a, a head sponsorship deal. He tells Good me that for he, him. he says he's the real athlete in the family now. Cause he's got more endorsement deals than I do, which is true. Unfortunately, you played. It's a great sport. It is fun. I've played with yeah. him a few times. Um, I, I love How playing. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Is he good? He is really good. And I mean, he's yeah. got the tennis strokes from playing and it's a different game than tennis, but, um, yeah, he, he played today. He was playing at noon today. He plays every day. Yeah. My mom thinks he's insane, but he, he's literally lost like 40 pounds doing it. He looks great. He's in great shape from playing. It's a great, it's a great way to kind of do some quick twitch stuff you know without just killing yourself and and i it's it's so much fun it's hand eye it's really competitive and you get a good group of guys you know yeah. and it's amazing how good you can pick it really quick when my kids have and everybody in my family has and then uh so we got a good little group that plays i put a uh we taped out a pickleball court in our practice facility so really <laughs> we just yeah oh yeah 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 
That's awesome. It's funny you say that because my, my dad took our backyard basketball court, and it's no longer for basketball. It is now a tip. <laughs> So, I gotta get with this guy. Tell yeah, him, tell you guys, him to you bring guys can play some turnies to together. Hit, hit the, tell him uh, to bring his net to Indy here, right? We, we could use a fix. <laughs> he would do that. He would do that. You're, huh. you're not going to be allowed to see anybody in Indy, Mark, just yeah, so you know. Man. Other than your, your, your tier oh, one. Oh, hey, wait, we'll, we'll have a pickleball court set up somewhere. Trust me. Yeah, but you got to <laughs> play with your team. <laughs> What's that? You're only going to be allowed to play your tier one. That's it. Well, hey, my, our, uh, our strength guys is more into it than I am. Is he's he? he's right. obsessed with it. Yeah. Right. And then I just put, I just, Hey, I just put that in our tier one. <laughs> and he's, he's now part of the Gonzaga <laughs> traveling party. Yeah, he's, he'll he'll he's, gladly come along and go to your guys' games. Who got food in every day? Who, who, who got number 34 one tonight? You get, you get 34 and I've been holding out on that last spot. I just added Rob's dad. Yeah. There you go. He, he will make the drive down from Valpo for you. He'll bring the net. Amen. All right. This is coming All right, together. So, so I'm going to hit you with something real now. What, what, what's the latest WCC tourney? Um, you guys in? I mean, it's going to happen. Hey, I mean, I, again, I think we've been, I, and I, I probably didn't do a great job explaining myself, but, uh, uh, and forever on the tournament. I'm not, I'm fine. I wanted to play. We need games and I'm happy to help give everybody a shot. I, I'm just, I've never been totally great with the idea of taking 10 men and 10 women's teams to Vegas in one venue at the same time and, 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 you know, staying in casinos and riding elevators and all that. So that, that, that's been my take on it forever. I, I just, I don't like that. I, I'm, I don't believe that you get it from playing. I haven't, we've not, haven't experienced that at all. I don't know that anybody has, um, so I'm happy to play anybody anywhere, but I, I just the uh, off the floor casinos, hanging out, all the people gathered in one. We can't have fans. Um, been very impressed with every venue we've been at this year as far as getting in and getting out in games. I just thought it'd be easier to do them in home homes, you know, home games where everybody's handled it. And and I I feel the same even for the Big Ten and some of these places i don't know unless you're having a significant amount of fans i don't know why you'd have a tournament you're not gonna make any money so but no it sounds like there'll be a tournament and it's going to be in vegas i i and again i i you know gonzaga gets one vote right so uh you know i think everybody else kind of wants it as business as usual so hopefully we can make it i mean we're searching out the safest place maybe to stay and be isolated and all that I mean, the kicker for me, guys, was this test in seven days before we can even go to Indy. If we don't test clean seven days before, so that tells me what we've learned over this year with our team is then we got to be pretty much isolated the seven days prior to the testing of the seven days, just after exposures and all that. So um, that falls well below our conference tournament. So we're going to have to kind of hunker down even around here before we head down to our conference tournament. Coach, what do you think is this, is your team's kryptonite? Like if you take COVID out and you're talking about just on the floor, what worries you most about your group from a basketball standpoint? You know, Robbie, I've always kind of bristled at the fact like that we don't get good competition and stuff around here. And, and there's been some really, really good 
high-level teams. Last year, the WCC, we had three single-digit seats. We all would have been, I think, three or four or something, and uh, St. Mary's maybe an eight, and we were going to be a one. And um, We just, you know, we haven't been tested very much since going back, way back. I mean, and, and so that I, that concerns me a little bit. We've been having some great battles uh, within practice and trying to make those, like, super hype, especially on the Mondays every week. That's that is something that concerns me. Um, and heck, man, I watched that game today, man. Ohio State, Michigan. I was like, yeah. wow, those teams love look really good <laughs> to me. But you know, I think we're really good too. So uh, um, uh, the biggest thing I'm bristling at, and I guess it just comes with where we are, is it's you know NCAA title or bust. You know, and and. I just, there's a lot to be said for the journey. There's a lot to be said for this day by day in the locker room and getting better and all that. And, and, and being in our 22 and O. And we know, I mean, we know we're going to be judged at the end of the day on, on all that. But I guess just haven't bought into, you know, have to win it all. I, I don't know who usually goes through that. Maybe Tom Brady and LeBron and their teams. Michael know? Jordan. Like, yeah, yeah, not many. Not many. Seems I don't I don't know that we're worthy of that uh based on, you know, what we've done. You know, we've uh, we've made one national championship game and we're, you know, a couple plays away from winning, but uh I don't know if we're quite worthy of, you know, those expectations, but whatever. So, what worries you the most? And then the, and the last day, uh, Robbie, was maybe, uh, um, you know, we're different this year. Our defensive numbers are really, really trended up. I think we're like third as we check today. Uh, but, you know, our rim protection is not great. And our 17 team was unbelievable uh, rim protection. With Karnowski and Jonathan Williams, Zach Collins. Yeah. And Tilly and Tilly was our fourth big. And, uh, and, we're, and we're not as old as, you know, we, we, we changed out. A lot of people, it's amazing that we were picked number one this year, quite frankly, because we changed out a lot. Good amount. And yeah. uh, we're playing with a freshman point guard who's great, but he's, he's, he's you know, every every week there, there's a different experience for him. So he's taking all that in. And, and uh, uh, But I got a fun group, man. I got a fun group. They're easy to coach. They're fun to coach. They, they play a great style. They just play off each other. And uh, – you know, we'll see. Biggest thing that worries you about the NCAA tournament, Mark? Is there something with just kind of, you know, are you concerned that it's not in a bubble and that, you know, they, they say that if there's one positive test, they're not they're not halting this thing. You know, life life goes on with the tournament. Yeah, and I think I think that's great. I'm really lobbying for. Uh, I don't like the ninety day rule. Quite frankly, I think the latest research shows. 180 days and I think if you talk to a lot of coaches they're very concerned with that because uh you know I I just I don't want to see one player on any team be held out unless they're really really sick I don't you know asymptomatic a test and all that we found tests that weren't very accurate and uh I, I just that that's my biggest fear. I think these these guys have put up with so much crap this whole year with all the protocols, with no fans, with no environments, with no atmospheres, you know, uh, times for months living kind of by themselves on campus and everything. 
I'm happy as heck that we're going to have fans there. And I think that's going to be a really, really big deal. And I really applaud Dan Gavitt for doing that. I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, but I'm scared about, and I'm scared for every team. I don't want one kid to miss it because anybody who makes it deserves to have it be the best basketball experience of their life, you know, and, and, uh, and we need to do everything we can make sure we get full participation and not limit anybody. So. Coach, your, your name has come up for jobs forever. It feels like, has there ever been one that you've actually like thought about leaving for? I know you're firmly entrenched in Spokane, yeah. but has there ever been one that's maybe piqued your interest or, or thought you've thought about it? Uh, I mean, there, we're just so – this is what fits the few families so well here. Like we talked about kind of Northwest lifestyle, the fly fishing, the, the, the lake. Getting out to the lake is a, almost a spiritual experience for part of our summer. I mean, we, we live out there and just kind of commute back and forth. So, uh, um, And then just – I tell you, one of the coolest things, I'm sure Coach Izzo and, and even the Purdue guys – can tell you when you stay at a place as long as I have, as long as those guys, as long as Coach K has and Bayheim and Izzo, and I mean the relationships you develop. I mean those guys come back and they are your guys. You know, you start bouncing around, you don't have your guys yep. anymore. You know, and that that family feel and is and to watch my guys like we talk, talk with Mo up become dads. All that is some of the best part of coaching and in my estimation. And, and it's just, it's what's worked for me. I always thought we could build this thing into a, a national program and, and, uh, you know, maybe just stubbornly and reluctantly. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just maybe a little bit reticent to change or something, I guess. But, you know, there were some great opportunities over the years that we looked at a little bit, but I don't know that we ever. You know, I had a really, really good friend who was the acting AD at Oregon. I mean, a really, really good friend. I think yeah. Jeff knows him named Pat Kilkenny. Great guy. One of the greatest human beings I've ever come to know in my life. Super smart, super fun. And, I mean, that was the hardest one by far uh, because yeah. he, because of him. He was my friend. And, uh, and look, I grew up I grew up 10 minutes away from Oregon. My family was still down there, but. Spokane was my home and I, and Pat knew, uh, but I mean, Pat did a great job, man. He had Phil Knight on the phone with me, uh, everybody, you know, and so. <laughs> That's tough uh, to that turn out, Mark. Full court yeah. press right there. Yeah. We, we, we actually met guys. I don't know if I've ever shared this with anybody, but I did this cause just cause I care about Pat and I told him we lost it to North Carolina in Memphis, I think in a sweet 16, that Carolina team that was great. I think they ended up winning it that year. Um, we met in a rest stop with the uh, uh, hat and sunglasses on halfway between Oregon uh, and Spokane. It's a rest area right on the Columbia River. <laughs> and uh, he drove like three and a half hours. I drove three and a half hours. We, we had our little shindig oh, wow. right there and hashed it out. Yeah. Yeah. And were you like close or no? I mean, like, uh, yeah, that was, that was a hard one just cause, uh, Pat, but you know the other one that made me think for a while because I just loved uh, uh, Coach Olson so much. Uh, 
at Arizona was when that thing came around and, and uh, just had so much respect for him and, and that program. Uh, that was an interesting one too. I was upset, Mark. I was upset on that one. I don't think you were. I was. I was. Listen, I'm going to – I might raise some money, uh, you know, when Sean uh, – something, you know, if Sean's not at Arizona anymore, I might try to take out of my bank account and see what I can do to get you to Tucson. Yeah, not going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> uh, he, hey, he's done a great job this year, man. I mean, for to have a team that's not playing for anything, he's done a great job. Man, had a great win yesterday. He did. I mean, he's great job. Kind of, he had changed his whole team out and everything. Amazing. He's gone your route. He's gone the international route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we we're, we're kind of. I don't know. We're quite that international. I guess we got Joel right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Normally, you've got. I mean, normally you got a few, and you got yeah. you got my boy. You got my boy from Lithuania. Come on, Arlo. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Coach, why, why do you think the Blue Bloods are struggling this year? Um, I think, I think it's, uh, you know, well, first of all, I think everyone, every story's unique at each place, right? But I would just say, you know, to be able to do what Coach Cal and, and Coach K have done every year, changing out their teams and having uh, all freshmen, I mean, it, it has to be a pretty special class and I mean like the, the the class of 20 you know to have that many great players that you that can carry you that far you know and I, I think back to we played that Duke team with Zion and, and the gang and, and that that was to me the last one that was maybe capable of doing something like that I mean there was so much depth to it and so much I mean that, that there was some high 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 level talent I, I don't I don't know I don't know if there's that level of talent coming out right now to be able to pull that off, you know, to go exclusively that way. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably say that. And then I think the evolution of transfers uh, allows, you know, other programs like ours and, and things you can get older and, 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 st- and still stay relevant even after you change out some of your other guys. And I, I just think it's good to be old in in college basketball. Are you so. worried? Are you worried like next year with so much um, that's going to happen next year with college hoops? Right, name, image, likeness. The one-time transfer rule, yeah. probably. Uh, kids getting their years back. I mean, it's going to be mayhem next year, isn't it? It sure seems like it. I, I tell you what's weird about it, guys, is like everything you just get immersed in the season and you just almost like, yeah. like, oh my God, I don't want to have to go mow that lawn. I just won't deal with it today, you know? So you just go, go out to the lake or something and hope goes away, but it's not going away. Uh, it's funny. We spent a lot of time on a great committee with, uh, you know, Jay Wright, Izzo, Coach K. Um, gosh, just, just a bunch of, of, uh, coach Williams, uh, just some great guys and great thinkers. And, and we've been planning and trying to help kind of wade through all this stuff. Uh, it's complicated. I mean, and, and the transfer thing alone is complicated, but I think I'm hoping we can make some tweaks to that to, 
you know, there has to be a notification date. You know, this idea that it's a free for all is, is nuts. What do you want I mean, to see? Like, a, June, like June 1st or June? What, I, what mean, do you want? I, I, I would say, you know, probably May 1st. I mean, and most guys, a lot of these guys are going to be done playing in a week or so, like mm-hmm. probably half schools, right? Yeah. So I don't point. know what takes you that long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think if we have that, then, then hopefully that'll be somewhat, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a good compromise on, on both sides. The name image like us, I don't know if anybody knows where that's going. And, and I think it's just going to be something where we'll just all have to figure it out. And yeah, college basketball and college athletics is such a strong entity in its own. It, it'll figure it out. It's going to get, be weird for a while, but we'll figure it out. So. Yeah, it'll it'll survive. It'll just like you said. I mean, people are going to have to adapt and, and and kind of figure it out. All this stuff as they, as they move along. All right, la- last question. Um, you and I talked a couple weeks ago because uh, you had an open date at that point. I forget what happened. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to we play. Tried. <laughs> yeah, you you did. I mean, you, yeah. you really tried to play some people. I won't go yeah. into who it was, and I know yeah. you don't want to go into who it was, but. You could have easily said, hey, listen, we're going to play the Sisters of the Poor instead, and we're going to try to take our undefeated season here. Why Why didn't you? Uh, kind of what we talked about earlier. I mean, I think I have a group that just – and I, I talked to them about it. I mean, they want challenges, you know, and they, they're – you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd be opposed to playing one. I don't think we play till – Monday of the league tournament, we're done on a Saturday. So, you know, I'm crazy enough, as you know, at the black table to maybe take somebody on on Tuesday or Wednesday that week. So, uh, <laughs> uh, just to challenge them. And I, I, to me, it's about just getting us ready for the tournament. And back to Robbie's point on, you know, what are we going to face? Well, I mean, we could face great size and face great you know, off the charts athleticism or, yeah, you know, I, I, I would just look for something along those lines of something like that to really shock our system a little bit, you know? Um, but yeah, we tried, we, we, we really tried and we, we, we were close on a couple things, but scheduling's hard, man. It's, it's, and whatever, you know, everyone knows and does or tries to do what's best for his own team. So I don't, I don't think there's, you can't really judge anybody there. And, and for my team at that point, we were kind of jonesing for something like that. So um, well, it's different than everybody else. We, we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, I'm glad you came on. You know, again, anytime you need to set me straight, you know where to find me.